Welcome to the Next Trip Podcast with Doug and Drew. This is an aviation and travel podcast covering current topics and trip reviews with multiple course deviations on our route. All thoughts and opinions are our own. Welcome to Boarding Pass 49, everyone. We're operating on November 2nd, 2020. This is Drew, and I'm here with Doug. We're two AvGeeks and aviation professionals creating a network for other AvGeeks and travel enthusiasts to obsess about all things aviation. I would say what's going on, Doug, but I'll say what's going on other than a final Delta 777 flight. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone hold your horses because we got, we got a lot of stuff on this episode. Um, how was your week uh, with a full house? Oh, man. So my parents left midweek last week, I guess, early in the week. So I brought them to the airport and then we had to clean the house and get all those things settled. Uh, and then just the normal crazy work slash child ops that, that that we always seem to talk about and then getting ready for this trip that we're going to talk about. So, yeah, it was uh, it was it was crazy. And then I actually I, I, well, and I hit the road again on Tuesday this week. Okay. I've got a work trip that I that I'm going on on Tuesday we won't get into that we can talk about that later but I, I'm curious how your week was though Drew because you got what the remnants of Hurricane Zeta I think yeah we'll talk about it in a second but I have a concern so what was what was the costumes you and Marissa were wearing it was like oh no, it was the yeah it was the eye an it, eye on it I don't it, even know what that is it was the Incredibles the Incredibles. Okay. Yeah. So with, is, with, with kids, kids so with kids. Well, but he, here's the thing. I, I know a lot of people who love the Disney movies, even if they don't have kids. Like I, you and Robbie, I think okay. would really enjoy um, like most Incredible. of the Pixar, most of the Pixar movies. Yeah. Yeah. Robbie would enjoy it. I'd go along. Yeah. So that yeah. was actually, that was the first time that Marissa and I wore those costumes. We were supposed to wear them last year at Disney World. But it was like 95 degrees on Halloween. And so we decided not to wear these giant Incredibles costumes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it was really good. And you had all the muscles. Like, it was like. The, well, I mean, those like, are my real sorry. muscles. But the, oh, yeah. the okay, costume sure. just accentuated it. <laughs> all right. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on to my week then. Yeah, Hurricane Zeta. I, I really don't have anything on it because we just had heavy rain. It wasn't that bad. But I want to talk about costumes too because... I didn't prepare for Halloween because, you know, it's not, we're not having big celebrations right now, but I thought, Oh, let me just wear, I have a sweater that looks like a a brawny man. Right. So I wore that and I was, um, let me just rewind real quick to to the last. Did you carry? Did you carry it? Like I a, did. I did. No, I so, some paper. So, so you got paper towels. Paper. <laughs> no way. <laughs> but uh, real quick. So last year I didn't have a costume again, but I wanted to do something. So I was at work and I found a hard hat from some construction that was being done, and then I put on a vest that wasn't an airline vest, and I had jeans. So I'm like, I'm a construction worker, right? It's <laughs> like I'm total construction worker. So people passing by my desk was like, Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Village people, right? <laughs> no, I'm not the village people. I'm a construction worker. So then this year, I'm like, no construction worker. I'm, a, I'm the brawny man with the paper towel. People are coming by the desk. It's like, village people, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm typecast as village people. So next year, I'm just going to be the village people. And then they'll think I'm an Indian, you know, American or something. So anyway, that was my way. <laughs> That's it, but weather-wise, nah, Zeta, <clears throat> Zeta was anticlimactic. All right, so um, let's jump into the news. Yeah, absolutely. 
So yeah. the, yep. this first one is from CNN. And it talks about how American is planning on doing 737 MAX tours and a question and answer session with pilots to convince passengers to fly it again. Drew and I have talked about this a lot, the, the 737 MAX. So just real quick recap. It's been grounded since March of 2019. American is trying to get it back into service at the end of December, just waiting on FAA approval. And this Q&A session, this, this tour, is meant mm-hmm. to be, what do we call it, Drew? A goodwill? It's like, like a, a campaign, it's like a, I guess. Yeah, it's like a warm and fuzzy. Um, it's like a, um, a comforting thing for frequent flyers to come and ask questions. Yeah. And I think it's a good idea. You, you, I work for the airlines. Mm-hmm. And how many episodes have I said what the fixes are for the 737? It's yeah. because I want people to feel comfortable now that I know what the fix is. And these are pilots and mechanics. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be very passionate about telling people that the planes are safe because they're the ones who work on them and fly them. Yeah. What where Where is the the tour? Do you know? I, I don't remember what it oh, said. Oh, good question. Yeah, I don't. I didn't see the location. Yeah, I, I didn't either. Um, no, I honestly, when when I saw this, and I I've seen it all over. So we're we're talking about the CNN article, but I've seen it in lots of different places. Yeah. I think it's a really good really good idea by the airline to to build that confidence and hopefully they get a lot of people who come out and look and ask questions and and whatnot but it's a good move and honestly in all the time that you and i've talked about this we didn't neither of us mentioned this as a possibility and i I think that this kind of caught a lot of people by surprise in in a good way that american is looking to do this and what did i uh i sent you a little glimpse of uh, what we were doing at work so the airline i work for is also going to be doing some communications specifically about the max and mm-hmm. to help people be more comfortable. But now American is saying they will, uh, where is it? C- customers will know if they're on a max. So I guess they're going to communicate this out. Do you think that's even necessary? Do you think people are beyond that or what do you think? I think that they feel like they have to, because it, it, uh, otherwise if someone gets on a max and they say, Oh, the airline never told me that I was on a max, especially yeah. so pre COVID, Maybe not, but I feel like COVID has really shifted the dynamic to the passenger and the, the passenger is in, in the right more often. Mm. And then I, yeah. I, I'm not saying that in a bad way, like the passenger shouldn't be in the right or wasn't in the right, but right. It, it, it just seems like it's shifted more into this very, very open communication. Like they're not trying to hide anything. And yeah, I, I, like I, so I can, I can tell you when Delta first got the A220, and you would go to book the the itinerary. Every itinerary that had an A220 had this red title that said new aircraft, new aircraft. And I, I don't know if that was mm-hmm. to let people know, well, just just so you know, it's on a new airplane, mm-hmm. whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. And mm-hmm. then when they when they did the cabin refresh on the 767-400, it says new interior. And so oh, I, I nice. think it, it's just drawing attention, telling people, hey, th- you know, this this is different. This is something yeah. different. Whether you like it or, or not, that's up to you. If you want to book it or not, that's up right. to you. And that transparency is nice to see. Yeah, you know, we always used to think the average customer doesn't care what aircraft they on, they're on, but I think the frequent flyers do care because they know these aircraft yeah. probably better than you and me because they're on them all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so some other fun facts. So uh, I don't know if you mentioned that, but um, American is planning to fly it on the 29th of December 
from LaGuardia to Miami. It's flight 718. Doug and I are watching this and we'll wait till the end of the the show because we're going to talk about if we feel like it, that flight is going to operate in the max and if our list if you our listeners we did a poll we asked you if uh, you felt like it would it would fly this year customers and then uh air canada scheduled on the 20th of december that's mm-hmm. amazing yeah out, out to, of several cities to, to the u.s so not just in intra canada yeah um, what else there? Southwest is eager to replace older 737 700s with the max. So they want to get those in now. What's the deal with the 737 700 Delta doesn't want them. Southwest doesn't want them. Chasm. The co- So chasm. chasm is cost per available seat mile. The marginal cost to operate a larger airplane outweighs the revenue that you can get by putting more seats on. So what I mean by that is yeah. a 737 800 or a 737 900 because it's bigger, it seats more people, and it's heavier, mm-hmm. it carries more fuel, marginally it costs more to operate that airplane. Yeah. But from a cost per available seat mile, you still have the same number of flight attendants, you still mm-hmm. have the same number of pilots, so right. the fixed costs for the crew is the same across all those. Yeah. So a 737-700 that at Southwest might seat 140-some people mm-hmm. versus 737-800 that seats 170-some people that's an additional 30 some seats that you can sell for basically the same cost as the the 700. But that's if you had those seats to fill. So we're not even close to hundred percent load factor at any airline right now, or even close to. So I think some of the airlines are opting for the 700 because Mm -hmm. I understand what you're saying about the chasm. If the plane's full, your 800 is going to make more money than a passenger than a 900. Well, and I, I would also say though, a lot of the airlines are, they're through the worst of the crisis. Yes, the mm-hmm. traffic numbers haven't recovered any, anywhere near to where they were in 2019, but they've gotten their costs a little bit more in line and, and the daily cash burn down. And so they've, yeah. they've pivoted. They, they've gone past survival mode, and now they've pivoted to the future. And it's not going to be overnight. Exactly. It's not going to be overnight mm-hmm. that Southwest grounds or retires all their 737-700s Right. But like Delta, who announced the retirements of the 7-6, like we talked about last week or two weeks ago, the airlines have to start looking to the future. And I think that's what Southwest is doing here. Yeah. And, 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 and then, look at, well, I, I was just going to say, look at, look at United, American Delta. They've all been doing it even at the regional level, right? Yeah. A, lot, a lot of the 50-seaters are going away in favor of 70 and 76-seaters. So, exactly. But um, another thing specific to these carriers, so Delta can fly the A220 with mainline pilots united doesn't have that agreement yet and i think the closest united has is the 737 700 as mm-hmm. far as size or the 319 not, not as efficient yeah yeah or the 319 yep and i think um the 737 700 is the winner because there's more of them available mm-hmm. right because southwest doesn't want them and i think delta is retiring them also i believe they're gone yeah yeah they retired back in august i think it was yeah, yeah. but delta so delta only had 12 or 10 and the only reason that they had those was for um, performance issues into places like Key West or Tegucigalpa, mm-hmm. Honduras, which has a really difficult takeoff and, and approach. Yeah. And from what I was reading is they're saying that now with the loads lower than what they are, the Airbus can take that spot. And then in the future, they think that the, the Airbus, the A319 uh, can take that spot. In the future, they're thinking that A220 probably can mm-hmm. fill that fill that role staying with uh fuel efficient aircraft let's go to our next story 
So Doug and I are going to be talking about this more as we get out of COVID and we can talk about the future and what um, we need to plan for. So this uh, article is from Forbes and it's um, aviation groups push for policies to make jet fuel more sustainable. So um, it's a lot of people, a lot of smart people looking at ways, looking at the future to see how we can decarbonize the industry in terms of pollution per passenger or per person. When we're non-revving, when we're flying, you and Doug, we're um, actually, that, that causes a lot of pollution considering it's only a few people on these planes. So aviation actually accounts for 3.6% of total greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, this article talked about 2050. This is mostly Europe. I haven't looked at the Asian countries as much, but there's a group called the Clean Skies Tomorrow. Uh, this is a group that's working to... Uh, reach net zero emissions by 2050. And mm -hmm. I think that, that fits in with the EU's goal in general for all industries. Yeah, I think we talked about that a, a month or two ago. That they, yeah. Or no, I, I know what it was. It was, um, I think it was One World said that they're going to be carbon neutral by 2050. So my question is, does that, is American on board with that? I, I, I guess they would have to. They, I, yeah, I would think they would have to. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. looking at these, um, the the CST group, Clean Skies Tomorrow, I'm looking at the names in this, in this group and it's, it's Airbus and Boeing, of course, because they want to be good with Europe and sell more mm -hmm. of their fuel-efficient aircraft. But then it's DHL, Heathrow Airport, Dubai, KLM, Dutch, Lufthansa. Not a one um, American company other than Boeing. So it would be nice to see um, the, comp the companies in this country getting on board. I, I, I think they will eventually. Yeah, so we'll see. No, I, I mean, I, I think they will because United has the Eco Skies airplane, yep. which uses um, some of these, uh, what do we call them? Not reusable fuels, but they're, well, they're sustainable fuel. They're sustainable, I think they're yeah. Biofuel. Bio yeah. yeah, and I, I know KLM, I think, was, they're doing some R&D uh, on their own. The airline itself is paying for some R&D. So, yeah, and, and 2050 seems like it's a, a really long time away. It's 30 years, but at the same time, if you don't start planning for this now, you don't want to get to the last decade and be way behind where, yeah. where you need to be. Yeah, exactly. Now, here's the problem, and the problem is money, <laughs> and there's not a yeah. lot of money right now with COVID-19, so this is going to require some government support. So this group uh, has a plan to uh, support innovation to increase uh, sustainable fuels with research and development support. Um, they'll also subsidize the cost of the fuels, so it makes it attractive to airlines. I mean, airlines want to be fuel efficient, but if the product costs twice as much as regular fuel, no one, it's not going to be successful. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing is subsidize the costs of producing this uh, alternative fuel. So, yeah, you know, government can help. They can get it started, and then once it... Uh, once it kicks in, it just grows on its own. Like solar panels, I, I, solar panels are are uh, cost effective now. Mm -hmm. Finally, right? Because there's so much. But initially, the government had to give it a little boost so that it could get into the get, get off the ground. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 All right. So, um, ready for the main topic? Yeah. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> let's talk about it. All right. So, um, well, 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 Doug. So you flew an MD88. You flew an A220, and now you were able to get a seat on the last Delta 777 flight ever carrying customers uh, from Kennedy to Los Angeles. I have no idea how you're going to top these. 
we want to know every detail, so let's get started. But first, let me give everyone a quick Delta 777 fact sheet. Uh, Delta introduced the 777 in 1999 and eventually had 18 777s uh, with 8 777-200ERs and 10 777-200LRs. This fleet is being retired early due to the pandemic, and uh, they'll be replaced with A350-900s, which are 21% more fuel efficient. The final flight, which Doug was on, DL-8777 departed JFK for Los Angeles on uh, October 31st. And uh, if you follow us on Twitter, Doug had an awesome live tweeting thing where he was at the gate and he was on the plane. So I have a lot of questions, so I'll let you get started because uh, we don't want to take the whole, we don't want to take two hours on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because um, I know I know a lot about it from your pictures, but um, I still have a lot of questions. Yeah, so I, I started the day in Raleigh and flew up to JFK and connected in JFK. And and Drew, this is really interesting. All but like four states right now are on the New York quarantine list, meaning that mm. when you get to New York, you have to self quarantine for four, fourteen days. First question. Yeah. So when you arrived there, did someone? Well, ask so you? that's 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 where I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that here. It's okay. Really interesting. You you have to self quarantine unless you're connecting. If you have a connection and you're staying in the airport, that mm-hmm. doesn't count. Okay. So at the at the gate in Raleigh yesterday morning, and then again on the airplane, they said you have to fill out this questionnaire online before you arrive at JFK because there will be people there who will look at it. To, to see if you completed it, if there is follow-on that's needed. So I, um, I had filled out the form, and it felt like going through customs. It was, li- it was like filling mm-hmm. out a customs form for a country. It was like, what, what flight were you on? What seat were you in? Where have you been in the last number of days? I, I mean, anyone who has flown into the U.S. or into any country and filled out an immigration form, I basically filled out an immigration form for... New York for but this New, was a paper for New form? York state. No, it was, it was online. It was online. Okay. Yep. And so if, if you don't have a smartphone, cause I know some, some people actually still don't have smartphones. When we got there, they had paper forms that you could fill out, but basically I filled it out and it, it gave me a check mark and it, it said, you do not have to quarantine because you're connecting. So mm-hmm. when I, when I landed and got off the plane, there were national guard, um, members who were at the top of the jetway and we had to go through like customs i'm doing this in air quotes and i had to show them my qr code that that i received that said that i was good to go so they're doing this for every flight for every flight coming from one of the red states okay which which is what the what new york calls it so the the states that are on the quarantine list so i i show them my my phone just the the screen that had the uh, it was a big green check mark and mm-hmm. they, they say, okay, you're good to go. They had paper forms. So that way, if, if you didn't fill it out or, or you didn't have the, the option to. So, I, I mean, I, I, I texted you and I was kind of laughing about it, but I really did feel like I, oh, you cleared, cleared, I cleared New York customs. I, I mean, that, that's exactly what it is. So it's just, it was really bizarre, I guess, to see that. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting to see what it looked like because you hear talk about it, but what does that mean? So, okay, now it makes sense. So now what time is it? When you're arriving, uh, I got there at about nine thirty in the morning, and nine thirty. Yeah, the the flight was at one p.m. and um, I I was on a CRJ nine hundred. So anyone who's been to JFK Terminal Four, 
all the regional gates are out at the end of the pier and I was going to go to a couple of the clubs. And so I actually got to walk past the triple seven sitting at the gate. Got, are, got they some using Pan Am's, are they using Pan Am's old terminal? I, I don't, to be honest, I don't know where Pan Am was. It, it's a, okay. it's a brand new terminal. Oh, okay. They ripped down whatever had been there and it's a brand new terminal. I, I actually like mm-hmm. T for it at JFK. I know some people possibly don't, but I, I, I really like it. So I went to the Amex, the Centurion Lounge, which they were closed for months during COVID. And they just started reopening about a month ago. And in fact, the JFK Centurion Lounge uh, opened for the first time three weeks ago. So it's a brand new, it's their largest, right. it's their largest in the system. What did you it, think? Beautiful. It, two, two levels, uh, an upstairs mm-hmm. and downstairs. Beautiful. The, um, the employees were so friendly. The food was excellent. And in fact, the bartender, so I went to get a beer and the, I was wearing a Boeing hat with the 777 pin and the bartender said, oh, are you on the, the Delta 777, the final flight? And it's mm-hmm. like, the, these are people, they don't work for an airline. They don't, yeah. they, they just happen to work at, at an airport. Right. So I, I, I usually, for better or worse, look at people like that as they're just working a job. Like it, it may not be a love of aviation, people who are mm-hmm. working in those places, quite like if you're working for the airline it, itself. And so I was just, mm-hmm. I was blown away by the fact that the bartender saw my hat, recognized mm-hmm. that, knew it and said, oh, that's so exciting. I, I hope you have a, a great flight, great trip. So were there a bunch of people in the lounge that there were, were on that flight? Yeah, there were. So um, I actually, I met up with Joey. We, we had him on the show um, several months Joey ago. Joey was in the Amex lounge? Uh, so I actually, I got him in. Oh, perfect. Because I can get, I can get two guests in. And so mm-hmm. Joey had a friend as well. And so um, we met up and, and then I was able to, uh, to get him into the lounge. So that was fun. But I would say probably 95% <laughs> of the people in there were, were all on the, uh, on the final flight. Met up with, there, there's, a, there's a group called the Delta Diamond Club or Delta Diamond Medallion Club or something. So mm-hmm. Diamond is, is the highest elite status that you can get and they have okay. a, a facebook group i guess and there were probably 30 of them on this on this flight and those so, aren't av geeks those are just frequent flyers or I, it's they... frequent flyers I, I i mean if they traveled to new york to fly on the last triple seven flight i'm sure that they are some why are you not in of, the of are you are i'm not you a diamond to... i'm not a diamond but a couple of right. them so a couple of them invited me into the group they said just send us a request tell us that oh. or re- remind us that we met you on the flight uh-huh. and, and we'll try and get you in. So oh, I followed, wow. I, I left Joey and his friend, they wanted to um, go take some pictures. So I followed them to the sky club at T4 and we, we went into the sky club and these people are crazy. They were buying Dom Perignon. Oh wow. That so they had, a... they had like eight, eight or nine bottles of Dom Perignon champagne, which is expensive. Is that $150 a bottle or something like that? Yeah, and at the Sky Club, it, it's like an upsell or an uh, upcharge even more okay. than that. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they had the Dom. So like, hey, c- you know, come over here. So I was in pictures with them, had a, a glass of Dom Perignon at the Sky Club. Mm-hmm. Then we went down to the gate and it, you could tell what gate we were at from 500 yards away because there was just this swarm of people standing yeah. there. We showed up just as the crew was taking photos. So it was a, a photo of the whole crew. And then the captain uh, made an announcement at the gate saying, thank you for, you know, thank you for coming out for this. Thank you for being here. 
you know, I was really proud to fly the triple seven for, for the last several years of my career. Um, I'm going to fast forward real quickly. When we got to LA, I was talking with a woman who was actually the wife of the captain Mm. and she was on the flight. So she got Mm -hmm. to fly on, on his final flight. He's moving on to the A350. So he's not retiring. He's, he's going to retrain on the 350. Okay, cool. Is he he happy about that? I I didn't really want to ask that mm, of her yeah. um okay she she was it was actually we were standing there and we watched we were standing there and we watched the um the last the triple seven pushback so after we landed it flew off to victorville the 20 minute flight up to victorville and then they were busing the crew back to lax mm-hmm. that night um mm. so we we stood there and watched it push but sorry i, I jumped ahead so <laughs> going back to going back to new york um it was it, like you could you could tell that it was a party or that it was going to be a party on this airplane. But honestly, aside from the captain making the announcement, there wasn't really anything special at the gate. So like no cake, um, mm-hmm. maybe balloons. I'll, I'll have to look at the pictures. I, I don't remember. But it was really cool. Uh, at first, I wasn't sure why they put it at the gate that they did because it was mm-hmm. pretty far down. Yeah. Then as soon as we sc- I scanned my boarding pass and we started to board, I realized because it was this giant glass gate that we yes, had to snake, that we had to snake down to get mm-hmm. on the jetway. I think they did that on purpose so that yes. you had this amazing view of the airplane. You take it as, all in. Take it all in as you were boarding. Yeah. And it was a beautiful day. Oh, it was, yeah, it was, well, it was cold. It was like one degree Celsius when we landed from Raleigh. Uh-huh. So yeah, it was, it was chilly, but it was beautiful. It was, it was sunny very few clouds in the sky it, like i it honestly couldn't have been better for yeah for the the last flight so we got on the plane and it was a free-for-all um <laughs> I, I dropped my stuff off at my seat mm-hmm. and there was no cabin discrimination i would say mm-hmm. for the majority of the flight which i'm totally fine with it like, sounds like it, a delivery flight yeah everyone yeah was just, yeah everyone was just going back and forth so i dropped my stuff off my seat i was in it was the delta premium select hard product so the premium mm-hmm. economy but it was treated as comfort plus for this flight just because mm-hmm. it was a domestic flight yeah. so I, I dropped my stuff in my seat and then immediately went up through the delta one cabin got some photos and stood in line to go up to the cockpit so got pictures in the cockpit before departure um went back to my seat and they kept making announcements like guys we need to get off on time like because it's st- <laughs> it was a revenue flight mm-hmm. um there were probably 15% of the people on the airplane who had no idea. Yeah, they're probably like, what the hell is what they I had, just want yeah, to get to LA. <laughs> what, what they had booked themselves on. <laughs> so I, I have to give props and kudos to the crew for handling it very well because there were some people who were complaining about what yeah, was going on because they thought it was just going to be a normal flight. And, yeah. and the crew, I feel like, did a really good job throughout the entire flight of balancing the fact that all of these people paid to go out of their way to get on this retirement flight and they wanted mm-hmm. to have that celebration. Yeah. But they still had paying customers. Like we, we're all paying customers, but they still had customers who didn't sign up for this, who didn't sign up for a, a final flight like yeah. this. Yeah. It's kind of a small av geek world. Cause you, um, you knew Joey and then there were at least three or four other people 
that you recognized? Yeah, so I ran into Eric. Uh, if Eric is listening, shout out. We, you and I met him when we were at the canceled Dorkfest in LA yes. um, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. So he and I, he, we ended up sitting together uh, for the majority of the flight, just chatting about flying and, and stuff like that. And yeah, I, I mean, there are lots of people that I kind of recognize that I'd seen in other places. And in fact, someone came up to me in the Sky Club um, they saw I was wearing a next trip shirt and they said, Hey, are you Doug? Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm a listener. <laughs> oh, I, I, love, I love the show. <laughs> like it's awesome. Uh, so yeah, it's, it, it was really cool. I, to, I think to just be that part guy that. tweeted about it because it said, Hey, great meeting you at the sky club. Oh really? I, I didn't yes. see that. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, okay. So it was to you. So it must've been, that must've been the person. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he does listen to us. So, Awesome. Yeah, I'll I'll respond. Sorry, I've been off Twitter since I got home, and <laughs> last night it's been really crazy. So, yeah, no, I'll uh, I'll take a look. But no, that that was uh, really cool. I, can I just stop you for so for those of you that can't see us right now? I look fine. I look just like a regular day. Doug looks like he's been in an accident. So his hair is straight up. He looks is, either looks like a hangover or an accident or a combination of. So he's totally faking this whole episode because uh, he's just trying to stay awake or trying to keep from passing out still. Yeah, well, I, my follow-on flight was delayed several hours, and so I didn't get home until pretty late last night. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this because I want to, and it's exciting to talk about. So we actually did push on time, even though everyone was moving around. It was crazy, and I had to tell people, tell people to sit down. So we pushed back, and Drew, I, I remember the videos that you sent from the MD-88 farewell, the the final MD-88 mm-hmm. flight. And there were a lot of people on the ramp. Yeah. And I, I it was awesome to see the same thing yesterday. Mm-hmm. People so waving. As we, as we pushed and as we taxied out, there were probably at least 30 or 40 Delta employees who were all lined up on the ramp, waving at us, taking videos, taking pictures, yeah. um, it, which, which was really cool to see. It was a relatively, mm-hmm. sh- relatively short taxi, got out to the runway, took off to the north and, and did a big loop over New York, the, the normal departure to head out to the, the west. And as we rotated, the entire plane started clapping and cheering. It, it was yeah. just, it was really cool. And yeah. I'm sure I, I can guarantee the pilots heard it because mm-hmm. I've been, at least in the DC-10, I've been sitting in the, in the cockpit with the door closed and I yeah. hear people clap and cheer for things mm-hmm. in the back. So I, I'm sure the pilots heard that. So we, we got airborne, we got going, super smooth flight uh, the, the majority of the time. And they, they came around with like the normal bag that we've talked about with Biscoff and, and water and, and whatnot. Um, and then they said, we have a special treat for everyone as well. Uh, we've got Ben and Jerry's cookie dough ice cream for everyone. Oh, that's cool. So they brought everyone some cookie dough ice cream. And um, the, the booze was flowing very mm-hmm. heavily the entire <laughs> flight. To the point where we actually ran out the airplane, <laughs> like even in Delta One. So I talked to some some people who are in Delta One because uh, mm-hmm. Eric and I were laughing. We're like, "Yeah, they may have cut us off because they, everyone's being rowdy." And uh, they're like, no, "They're like, no, we, we literally are are <laughs> out of everything." Yeah, sounds like a fun flight. Yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. Now, uh, was it um, was it smooth? Any turbulence or anything? Which so that's interesting. The at one point when I feel like it was starting to get a little, a little rowdy and some of the customers who weren't on it for the final flight probably were upset. And the captain turned on the sap, the fasten seatbelt sign 
he made an announcement and said, flight attendants, please take your seats. And usually when they say that, that means that we're going to go through some really bad turbulence. So the, the seatbelt sign was on for 30 minutes. Not a bump. There was absolutely <laughs> nothing that we felt. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm 99.7% sure. Like there's a very small sliver of me that thinks that maybe there was some turbulence that had been reported but I'm almost 100% sure that that was to get everyone to just calm down a little oh, bit. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure it worked. It did. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then after the seatbelt sign came off, people still, they, they walked around and um, it was a little bit less rowdy, I would say at that point than it had been beforehand. But no, it was, it was awesome to just talk to everyone and find out what people's stories were. And I, I, to be honest, this was my first time flying on a Delta triple seven. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed. Oh, that's funny. I thought you'd have like a history of it. No, okay. no, I, I'm embarrassed to say that. But some of these these Delta, um, the Diamonds, they they were saying that they have done the majority of their. There there were some two million milers, so people who have flown two mm-hmm. million miles on Delta. Some yeah. of these people said they had done the majority of their career flying on the triple seven, flying to Asia, flying to Europe, and they had been on it dozens and dozens of times. Yeah. So, so um, definitely, definitely people who had a connection with it, who had gone out of their way to be on this airplane. Yeah, it's it's so funny because they didn't have that many. So when I think 777, I don't think Delta because there's so few. When I think Delta, I think TriStar. Um, yeah. I think 767. And now I think A330 because there's so many. Yeah. But 777, I, I knew that they had them, but it's like so rare to see mm-hmm. see them. Yeah. All right, so smooth flight, and then how was uh, the approach and landing? At- the approach and landing, it was it was great, and it was funny because the pilot made the announcement uh, as we started descending and said, "Guys, this is my last ever landing in a Boeing triple seven. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a bad one, please still <laughs> clap for me <laughs> or something along those lines." And and we uh, we came in. We landed on two four right, and mm-hmm. um, I I'd, I I had Wi Fi, so I'd seen some tweets, and there were a bunch of ad geeks who were already out, ready to. Was Tyler to was our it. friend Tyler there? He wasn't there. No, okay. but but he had been following it. Yeah, okay. um, really smooth touchdown. R- really, uh, really good landing. Honestly, I'm not, I'm not just saying this to make mm-hmm. the captain feel better about <laughs> it, but it was it was a, a really good landing. I was a little bit disappointed that we did not get a water cannon at all, either on departure or arrival. Because okay. um, the MD-80 got it. Yeah. Leaving. So, I, I mean, that that's a very small complaint, and that's not really the yeah. airline. That that would be the airport. Like, the, air, the airline possibly could have requested it, I guess. Is that because it's California and there's a drought? It might be, but the Dodgers won the World Series last week, and they they got a water cannon salute when they landed. Okay. Um so I, that that would probably be the the one minor complaint that I have, and and that's just Doug problems, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we we taxied in, um, and th- there were. Well, let me go back. The entire flight, and even at the gate before we left, Delta did a really good job of reminding people to socially distance and keep the masks on, and they they knew that it was going to be a party, but they also know that COVID is happening and yeah. and they don't want bad optics they want to make sure people are safe the middle seats were all still blocked they didn't open mm. them up to get more people on on the airplane um so that was really good so we got to the gate in la and 
again, the gate that they put us at, it was one of the international gates. And so there, we went through the like customs hallway, if you will, you know, like the glass. Was this in the Bradley? No, this was, this was at uh, T2, Delta T2, which has internationally configured gates. So what, what I mean by that is, and you probably know what I'm talking about, Drew, where you have that glass hallway mm-hmm. between the tarmac uh, of the airport and the main terminal. Yeah. And some gates uh, don't have really good views of the airplane itself. This yeah. one was perfect. And so I think okay. they put us at that gate again for the photos so that people could see, yeah. <clears throat> could see the airplane. So we went through the exit out into the main terminal and the the atmosphere was completely different than when we left New York because New York, there wasn't anything. There were probably 30 or 40 Delta staff cheering for every single person who came off the airplane. <laughs> they had mm-hmm. a red carpet. They had balloons. Mm-hmm. They had a, a little selfie cutout with a triple seven on it. So you could, mm-hmm. you could hold that up and, and do like an Instagram selfie and, and the staff was taking the pictures. So, so this was not a gate. This was just like a, a holding area or a, no, it was at the gate. It, it was okay. as we exited the gate. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was really cool. And then went to the sky club in LA and I would say probably 75% of the people who were in the sky club were all the people on the flight and everyone had later flights in the night too. So the party, mm-hmm. the party continued at the Sky Club. That's amazing. So that's, that's awesome. That's, that's yeah. a long day for you, but it's all fun. Though. Yeah, no, it was, it was great. It was really cool, really cool to be on. And uh, we got to give uh, Doug some AvGeek points because as tired as he was when he got to his final destination, did he go and get his rental car and drive to Sacramento? No. He checked off the box of visiting the Sky Club for mm-hmm. a quick dinner, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, I grabbed dinner. And I was the only person in the Sky Club. And so <laughs> they they waited on me, basically. I, I was mm-hmm. I was sitting there. I had a little stuff I had to do on my computer. And they came up to me and they were like, hey, w- would you like a beer? Um, what what food would you like? We'll, we'll get it for you. And oh, yeah, so it almost, it almost felt like uh, I, I haven't done the Polaris or... Um, the flagship first dining for American, but it almost felt like that, like that, you know, you're the only customer here. We're, mm-hmm. we're going to wait on you. Um, you know, thanks for, thanks for being here. No, that's awesome. Um, so everyone, if you don't follow us on Twitter, go to next trip podcast, Doug did excellent pictures. So if you want to relive that flight, um, go on there. Cause uh, really good pictures and descriptions of uh, the flight. One thing that I want to add that we didn't talk about in the news be, while we're talking about Delta is yes. that Delta on Friday came to an agreement with their a tentative agreement with their pilots to not furlough. Okay. Um, so Delta was going to Delta was going to furlough seventeen hundred some pilots on November first, which is today, and on Friday they reached a uh, tentative agreement. So they pushed the furloughs out another month. So it'll be the end of November if they don't reach the the term. Okay. The terms of the agreement are every pilot across the board gets a 5% cut in guaranteed hours. So it's not a pay cut. It's a cut in hours. Mm-hmm. And the pilots that had been notified that they were going to be furloughed if they are not working right now. So on the months that they don't fly, that they're sitting at home, they'll get 30 hours of pay. So basically okay. half half pay. Excellent. And you so know, during this time, they keep their keep their travel benefits, their health benefits, which is huge. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, United is doing something similar where yeah. no one's being laid off. Nope. They get their hours cut. <clears throat> and as soon as things 
ratchet up, they'll be available to fly. Yeah. So I, I think it's it's good for the company and and the employees, and it builds a lot of loyalty and and uh, um, what's the word? Good feeling, you know, between the company and its employees. And, yeah, and between the the pilots and management. Yeah. So the yeah. Uh, the furloughs, if they if they agree to that, could not start until the beginning of two thousand twenty two. Oh, and by that, I by mean, that point, we should be hopefully back, knock on wood, fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, Doug, even if we're not back, they can fix it with attrition as people retire. Mm-hmm. You just don't fill those positions yet. Mm-hmm. So exactly. it'll, it'll fix itself. Yeah. All right. One more thing before we wrap up everyone. So let's go back to um, the 737 Max and American. <clears throat> so American is uh, very ambitious. They're expecting to fly this plane on the 29th of December. Flight 718 from Miami to LaGuardia. So we wanted to know your thoughts. Do you think the FAA will recertify it in time for uh, American to fly that flight, Flight 718? Um, Doug, you want to read the poll and the results? Yeah, so uh, we, we asked, do you think that the FAA will clear it in time for American to fly this? And 34.5%, so about 35%, said that they think that this flight will fly on the 29th and almost 65%. So 65.5% actually said they don't think that it will. And I, I know we talked about this last week. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't think so. I don't think so either because it's not just the recertification. There's the pilot training mm-hmm. and there's a few, I think it, it involves simulator training. And uh, do you know what else? I, I think there's more than just that. I, I, but, not off the top of my head. No. <clears throat> Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think you just turn the button and then everything's, you know, flip the switch and everything's fine. So I've got a, well, I've mm -hmm. got a question for you. I don't remember what episode it was. It was a long time ago before COVID. Uh, It was when Brandenburg, Berlin, Brandenburg airport announced the date that it was going to open. And Mm -hmm. I think we asked each other, what do you think is going to happen first? Something with Brandenburg. I think we, I think we said the max would be recertified. Uh, and I think we also said, would Alitalia and South <laughs> African Airways still be in business? Or, or what, what would happen first? I, we'll have to go back <laughs> we'll and listen. Back. Brandenburg opened yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. Was it EasyJet that landed there? Uh, it, it was Easy, an A320. Land- EasyJet and uh, Lufthansa flight. And they were supposed to land in tandem on the okay. parallel runways. But just like the tandem takeoffs for mm-hmm. uh, BA for the 747 retirement, yeah. Weather got in the way, and so they had to do single single landings. But okay, yeah, I That's we didn't think this day would ever come, honestly. Yeah, oh, I have to add that to the list. I've never, I've been to, I think it was not Temple Off. What's the other one? Uh, Teagle. Teagle. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Teagle. I think I landed yeah. at Teagle. Yeah, I've been, I've been to Teagle. Yeah. All right. Well, it's good news. Yeah. Well, Drew, can you believe that this is episode 49? So that means that the the next <laughs> episode is episode 50. 50. That's amazing. Does I, it seem like? It does it's- not. No, it's it's crazy how, how quickly this came. So while it hasn't quite been a year, that'll be two episodes after this that we've been that we've been doing it. Drew, we have not missed a single episode. We have not. We've been right on schedule. I mean, our our on-time performance is 100% right through through sickness through the holidays through, through pandemics pandemic through you going to sri lanka and india yeah. and mass layoffs all of that yeah 
Yeah, you know, and it's interesting, Doug, because we have a new listener, Chris, who I've been sending you uh, his feedback. Yeah. And his his dad, by the way, is a retired, a triple seven captain that just retired. So we're working on trying to get him on. But anyway, Chris is listening from episode one and he's binge listening. And he says it's so interesting because it's like he's following the COVID crisis, right? Because that's basically our show started in December when this yeah. thing was bubbling up. And he... He listens to us talk about the progression and, uh, you know, we're going to go back and listen to it and relive this whole thing. But, you know, we have the podcast, which was a positive for both of us through this. And I hope it's a positive for the listeners Mm -hmm. that you get a break from COVID. Listen to us just talk about nonsense, you know, with our AvGeek stuff and some news with it too, right? Yeah. So I hope it's been enjoyable for you. Yeah. 50th episode coming up. All right. Well, real quickly, before we close out for the week, we just want to mention a couple of listener feedbacks that we got. We got a five-star review from GWPete01 said, best AvGeek podcast out there. This is the best AvGeek podcast out there right now. They have fun, informative topics, try to be optimistic about the current situation. I always look forward to my drive to work on Monday mornings and listening to a new episode. Keep up the good work, Doug and Drew. Thanks a lot for that feedback, G.W. Pete, which we <laughs> sleuthed around. We figured out that that's our buddy, Greg that's Peterson, buddy. who joined yeah. us at LAX uh, last month. All right, so we got another uh, positive uh, review, another five-star review. Uh, this person says, uh, it's, his name is C.J. Bop. Informative and fun. This show is extremely informative and truly enjoyable to listen to. It's nice to hear from professionals as Doug and Drew have the experience and knowledge of uh, this ever-changing industry. I love how you guys have recorded in airports, giving the show a perfect backdop and immersion. I told you that, Doug, remember? I think yeah. they would love the ambient airport. <laughs> yep. Um, then he says, plus I love how you have other professionals come as guests on your show to share their experiences. Your passion for the industry is very evident, which makes the listening experience even better. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much for that review. Yeah, no, and uh, everyone, make sure to tune in on November 9th for episode 50. We have some fun lined up. It's going to be a really fun episode. Yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome. Well, to our listeners, this podcast is your show. So follow us on Twitter at Next Trip Podcast. Let us know what's on your mind so we can talk about it. You can also email us at nexttrip.podcast at gmail.com or leave us a review wherever you download your podcast. Thanks to all of our listeners for your support and for joining the conversation. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, stay aviation tough. This has been the Next Trip Podcast. Find us on Twitter at Next Trip Podcast or officerwayfinder.com slash podcast. to obsess about all things aviation. It's still you. Oh, shoot. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. So much for no editing. (laughs) All right.